going on joe how's it going not too much man well fans i want to open this up before i do my the intro this will be the last 17 episodes of our podcast we're going to be doing our solo uh adventures um very soon um so this is the first of the last 17 episodes on the internationally known dudes are wait wait wait, wait 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 you don't even let me say what we i had to say did we did the intro <laughs> i said i i said we're going to continue to support each other yeah, and, that'll we be the all, uh, and we want to thank all the fans for all their support all the guests for the support and hopefully that they could su- continue to support us is. in the future Vinny, yeah. thank you, brother. Thank, thank you, you very for much support. for always coming into the chat. Thank you always for supporting us and in person hanging out and sitting with me and talking about the dudes at Ringside Podcast and always telling everybody about us. Am I right, Geek? Yeah. You got to say thank you to Vinny. because Thank you, Vinny. Thank you for being there since day one. Thank All you, right. brother. Yeah. Yes, well, we're gonna support. We hope we hope you guys support the both of us in our own little journeys. We'll support now, each other. Yeah, or and any support each other. So yeah. <laughs> On the internationally known Dudes Are Ringside podcast, I am your host Joe the Panther, the third, and now from the top of Beto Mountain with the moving boxes and all the bubble wrap, it's the Happy Heel himself, the Metal Geek. What's going on, Rick Secker? What's going on, internationally known? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Joe? How's it going today? Geek, are you gonna take all the moshing guys and wrap them in bubble wrap and put them in their long boxes? Oh, we gotta get the moving boxes ready. Let's go. No, I'm gonna say you're gonna take the moshing guys and start like laying them flat. Put your arms together. No. Mod's gonna help you tape the moshing guys in their boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe, do you feel that energy in the air? I feel a little angry right now. I think I noticed your mosh pit guys are really like beating each no, other. No, it's the miasma. Because let's give a dudes at ringside welcome to our guest today, the miasma, Zach Ramses. Ramses. You're good. What's up there, people? How What's are we up? doing? What's good. going on, Zach? Welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. And, and finally, man, we've been trying to schedule this since yes. October, man. So. <laughs> So, By the way, uh, never glad to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity to get to chat with you guys and uh, all the fans listening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if our fans are not familiar with you, and why would they not be? Shame on them. Yeah, no. Introduce yourself. So, 
I am, as previously said, the miasma or the miasma, however you want to pronounce it. It's a Greek term, so figure out your pronunciation. But I am Zach Ramsey's. Uh, I am a Long Island-based pro wrestler here uh, on the East Coast, but I am not strictly from Long Island as far as my wrestling goes. I, I'm up and down. I'm all around, uh, you know, from, from Maine to Pittsburgh to North Carolina and everywhere in between. I'd like to get further and farther. Uh, you know, you can find me all around independent wrestling here. Uh, you know, I am uh, most uh, notably picked out of a crowd as I am six foot nine, 280 pounds. So I tend to uh, jump out a little bit. But uh, those who have seen me in the ring can attest to the fact that it's not just the size that jumps out. I, I bring a little uh, modern day flair to the old big man pro wrestling uh, approach here where uh, I give you the, the big strikes and the big throws, but. There's a little extra something-something uh, going on when Zach Ramsey steps in the ring, and uh, I like to think that I give you a good experience. Uh, or if you're facing me, it's not such a good experience, but that sucks to be you. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, you also have a web series also, which uh, what Geek has been following uh, recently, which is absolutely awesome, by the way. So I if you want to talk a little bit about that. You know? Absolutely. So as alluded to uh, – the character of the miasma is a multifaceted creation that, uh, you know, I have uh, invested a lot of time and thought and effort into. And I figured there's certain stories that uh, I'd like to tell about Zach Ramsey's that, uh, that I can only do so much in the ring. And so uh, one of my great passions is film. And so I figure let's combine these two great uh, endeavors of mine together and let's make something special, something cool. And something that fans, I think, can really sink their teeth into in a different way they, than they have uh, on the independent wrestling scene. And that is where my Asthma the series came from. And so it's a five-episode YouTube miniseries that will be wrapping up tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on YouTube, on my YouTube, on my personal YouTube channel, The Miasma Citadel. Uh, and it chronicles uh, the story of Zach Ramsey's. And it's not an origin story like you see in like the Marvel movies. It's more of you're kind of dropped into where Zach Ramsey's is right now on uh, his quest in independent pro wrestling. And you kind of see what makes me tick, what makes me make the decisions I do and the, the devious choices I make. What's, what's the point of origin. And so it, it recontextualizes the character you see in the ring and it makes what I do all the more important, I think. And so it's uh, it's a fun drama uh, that's got some violence and horror mixed in there. And it's uh, I think it's a, a very cool, fun experience that, again, there's nothing quite like this on independent wrestling right now. Uh, the, the, what I always say the closest comparison I can make is Matt Hardy's Broken Universe uh, when he was in WWE and Impact, uh, where you know he created the, all the stories in the Hardy compound and brought in King Maxwell and Senor Benjamin and all that kind of stuff. But he leaned into comedy, and it was a little more still wrestling based. This is that's the closest comparison I can make, but it's not really accurate. Even so, uh, the best way for you to figure it out is to check it out yourself, and it's very easily accessible. Just type me in on YouTube, and you'll find me. So, um, it's been a fun time. People have been digging it. So, uh, if you haven't watched it, jump in now. It's not too late, and it's streaming forever because the internet yeah. is forever. So, <laughs> go ahead and check it out. I'm I'm actually on episode three right now. So that those those shots uh, of you just watching that promoter man from the and uh, in, in, in the back to the car yep. in the corner in the woods th that that stuff was absolutely great cinematography right there. And yeah, I 
my Michael Myers inspirations uh, definitely uh, took place in, in that episode <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I appreciate you checking it out. Yeah. So like what like for example, what is exactly the miasma exactly? Is it like is it like a superpower or because like what what geek is uh, getting at? It's like kind of like a superpower that you have, and uh, you're going after these promoters and stuff like that. So the the way the definition I've created for myself uh, of what the miasma is is that it's a dark, overwhelming force that. The more you fight against it, the worse it gets. And, uh, you know, it spreads and consumes everything. And if you find yourself in a miasma, you're in trouble. And so, you know, uh, the term, as I referenced earlier, it's of Greek origin. And, uh, you know, it, it's been used throughout history in a number of different ways. Uh, the origin point for me specifically was the Black Plague was a miasma. Uh, and so, again, just as my description entailed, you know, this thing took over Europe and decimated the population and people that got it and tried, you know, revolutionary different techniques to, to heal themselves. It was going to happen anyway. You couldn't stop it. And so Zach Ramsey's personifies that, that aura and that feeling. And within the, the realm of miasma series, uh, we, you come to see that it's, it's a title that I have been bestowed within this order known as the grim guild. And, uh, you know, there it's a, a, a basically a cult that uh, I'm a leader in that uh, they function with the, the goal of paying tribute and honor to the Greek god of Erebus, who is a god of darkness. And if that all sounds crazy, you're right. It is. And it's going to make a lot more sense if you watch the show. But to that point, it's, uh, you know, uh, the miasma itself, it can be this fleshed out lore that I've created or as simple as I'm a big dude that you're going to try to fight against and you're going to get annihilated because you can't stop me. I'm big, I'm bad, I'm evil. And, uh, you know, the only way it ends is you laying down and getting pinned or tapping out. That's how it is. It's a warning more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> warning, warning. <laughs> Rewards. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Joe. Uh, so, so who trained you? We never we got to that question. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, I'm a Long Island-based wrestler here, so fortunately we have several good schools within the area. I ended up at the New York Wrestling Connection Training Facility, NYWC, out in Deer Park, New York. And uh, when I en enlisted at the school in 2019, uh, the trainers at that time were Bull James, formerly uh, Bull Dempsey of NXT fame, along with Rex Lawless and Michael Mastretta, both uh, names that are well-known on the, uh, the independent scene, especially in the Northeast area here. And uh, each one of those guys uh, helped me a lot. Uh, they brought different elements of, uh, of teaching that helped shape me into the performer I am today. And uh, yeah, I, I thank all of them uh, endlessly, uh, you know, especially Bull and, and Rex, as far as teaching me the big man style of wrestling, you know, Bull, not as tall, but a big, thick dude. And then you got Rex who's on the taller side. Uh, you know, they both kind of introduced different elements of that work for me. And then, Michael, uh, as far as the details and, and time spent in the ring training, uh, he, he spent the most in there with me, repping things and going over the, the ins and outs of wrestling in general as far as work goes and presentation. And so uh, all three of them uh, helped lay the foundation of what would be Zach Ramsey's. Mm -hmm. All right. So what would you say like the, the best advice you received from all three of these trainers are? To protect my size, uh, which may sound 
odd uh, without understanding the the dynamic of uh, presentation and wrestling. But you know, uh, being a big person in the ring is a commodity. Uh, which, not that I'm saying anything that's shocking. You know, I, the you know you go back uh, in time, any any length of time in this this business, the big men were people who were promoted because they were special. They were different. Whether that's, again, a big dude like, you know, Haystacks Calhoun back in the 60s or someone like Andre who, again, height-wise or, you know, anyone that was a combination of the two, you know, you know the, the, the Bam Bams and the, the, you know, the, the Bruiser Brodies, uh, the list goes on and on. Mike Awesome, you, you know, modern-day Lance Archer, Gunther, whoever it may be, the big guys stand out. The way that stuckness is maintained is you present yourself as big. Because there's a lot of people, especially in the modern day, that even though they physically are large, they perform in the ring as though they are everyone else. Because they want to do the cool moves or the flashy things, or because they are athletically or or physically able, which I understand that's their level. However, in doing some of these more impressive or or less uh, big man style moves, you take away from what you have because now you're bumping more you're you're no longer separate you're like oh he's like those other guys he's just bigger as opposed to hey he's different and so to bring it back to your initial question bull and rex specifically were like listen you need to at every opportunity show when you step in that ring and when you start wrestling that there's no one else on the card that's quite like this guy here. And so I've kept that mentality and it's paid uh, often on multiple fronts for me where I try to be an attraction that no matter how much you train or work out or, or believe you're not my size. You're not Zach Ramsey's. That's something that only I have. It's God's gift to me. And so I better hold on to that thing and stretch it for all it's worth. And so they, they, they really pushed that idea uh, for me. And uh, it's it's definitely great advice that um, a lot of big men I should have heard earlier, and unfortunately don't. Uh, but I was lucky enough to. Yeah, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. That um, no, it's not a knock on anybody, any of the other wrestlers, but you're kind of like the wrestler that WWE is looking for because you're like the se- almost the seven foot tall giant mm-hmm. that that you know Triple H wants to you know. Yeah, of course, of course. So. It's sort of sad because there is wrestling. And this is not a knock on any of the other wrestlers. I'm saying that that. next time he's next next time he's at an indie show and there's a really tall wrestler that he doesn't know is just gonna like jackknife his ass right through their their match nerd table. Oh, you're Metal Geek. Hurry, you said it about me. What? Jackknife. <laughs> like the merch table. The table's just going to like, with a little plastic old new metal, old school wooden table. Just, just yeah. on. Rest in peace, Geek. <laughs> no, like there, there's been guys that have been big, like you said, like your your size, and then they put them together with like an Enzo Amore, and then they fall behind the Enzo Amore. You know what I'm talking about, the yeah. big guy that was with Enzo. Like you're big like him, and what did they do? They tossed him with Enzo, and he went right behind the curtain. He went right behind the moss, and you never heard from him again. <laughs> like actually, yeah. actually, you have. He's an AEW now. No, I mean like about that time when he came in. Yeah, he came I know in, what you mean. It, it, it's like, oh wow, look at the big guy. Oh, forget him. I'll talk about him. Let's yeah. talk about Enzo. <laughs> Ignore the big giant guy that could crush your skull with one finger. <laughs> but like, oh. 
it's you know that 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 booking part of it is absolutely part of the conversation where you know if if you're someone who's putting together these shows you know yeah that's yeah, big cast was yeah his gimmick was he's seven feet tall and you can't teach that like that was his bit where it's like you know you definitely want to push that because there's not a lot of guys on the roster even at that time i mean you had braun Strowman, you had Kane was still active. Uh, you know, you had some bigger guys, but still, even in WWE, which you know, the quote unquote land of the giants, it was it's still not that that common. And so it's like, yeah, push the difference makers as difference makers, uh, because you, again, you can't generate that. Uh, and again, Enzo uh, again, very charismatic and a, a great talent. Um, emphasize him too, but it's, it's finding a way to bring out the most in both guys for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? What's up, podcast fam? That's Harley. She does a podcast with her with her best friend. Yeah. What's up, Harley? Yeah. Talk of the ring. Talk she actually goes show. to PPW in Pennsylvania a lot. Oh. And there's another yeah. promotion she goes to that's in the, the Pennsylvania Hazelton area and stuff like that. Very good. AK yeah. the loudest girl in the room. <laughs> she could be sitting in the last row and they're like, what the heck is this? Oh my god, she's all the way back there. What? <laughs> like, that's her superpower. <laughs> there you go. Everyone's got one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, who are some of your dream opponents that you would love to get in the ring with that you have not gotten the ring yet? Well, um, fortunately, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of different reasons I'd love to step into the ring with different people. Uh, and, you know, I've been asked this question a hundred times. I've had a hundred different answers. You know, the, the most uh, quick, easy one I always come up with, uh, if all things are the same and I had the opportunity, I'm picking Kazuchika Okada in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. To me, Definitely. You know, he's not in the conversation as much as he was uh, four or five years ago. I still believe he's the best wrestler in the world uh, as far as just every little thing he does. Uh, and that's yeah. It, it's obviously it's a subjective conversation anyway. But uh, I I think he's he's absolutely remarkable. Uh, I think as a baby face too. I think he the the fire he has and the way he structures matches. I, I just to me being the, the typically the big heel. I think that that'd be an uh, a be an easy match for me working with him because you know he's incredible. But I think it'd be a very fun story to tell that especially in New Japan. He doesn't get to tell that story often because the big guys out there, you have Fale and you have Lance Archer when he is out there. Uh, but there's really not a lot of big dudes there. Uh, and then Hikaleo as well. Uh, but so different dynamic, and especially as far as the, the Miasma character, I think we could, we, we'd be able to create something really awesome. But again, I think you could uh, ask my neighbor down the street to have a match with Okada and it would be something awesome because Okada is just that good. But to the point, uh, he's probably my easy quick one, but you know, whether the, if the categories, you know, we want to have a, a dream big man, big man match, you know, someone like Gunther is someone I've always loved. I loved his run on the Indies in 2017, 2018. That was some of my favorite stuff to watch uh, in, in the, the late 2010s. Just I'd love to get in there with him, of course. You know, someone like Daniel Garcia, I think, is someone I would, I would love to step into the ring with. Uh, yeah, yeah, again, I could go up and down all different companies and, and just handpick people. There's just so many incredible choices out there right now. Uh, and that's the beauty of the time and place we have in, in pro wrestling when there's no shortage of, uh, of wrestlers to wrestle that are incredible. You know, it's, it's not, this isn't 1973 where, you know, 
the good workers are here and then there's everyone else. It's like, no, the, the list of good workers in pro wrestling in 2023 is longer than not. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a loaded, uh, loaded question. That was my short uh, answer. Even though it wasn't yeah, you, you mentioned Okada and then all I, I can say about Okada is that he hits a drop kick and he makes it look like a Canadian destroyer. That's how awesome he is. He Brilliant. just he can make any move look ridiculous. Yes. That's pro and I I 100% agree with you. He's probably the best wrestler in the world, you know. And he will go down when he retires as probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah. And okay. he's got to be up there. I would agree personally. Same uh, way people talk about Bruno when Bruno Bruno mm-hmm. headlined the Garden. A lot yeah. of people are going to be talking about Okada. He had headlined the Tokyo Dome. That's oh, yeah. what I yeah. And so you say, you know. you make me laugh when you say that about Bruno Sammartino. Do you realize the man wrestled till he was like what 60? 70 was it 70 he wrestled till or 60, maybe like 50? Bruno up there. He was still he was he was older when he stopped wrrestling. He was, yeah, he, one of his last matches would have been in late 80s, early 90s, I think. They did like that the like the that gimmick battle royal that I think Luthez was in as well. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been one of his last big ones, but to your point, he might have even done stuff after that into the into the 90s, uh to, to a yeah. point. So yeah, he went for a long time and he looked great up until the end. Like he you yeah. know, he was always you know, he loved working out, and so he, yeah, he always looked the part. Uh, I, yeah, it was incredible. I had a cousin that I found out during the pandemic, other than my grandfather was a wrestler, uh, Pete Sanchez is my, is my cousin. And I was like, ah, Pete Sanchez probably didn't wrestle anybody. I looked his name up. My 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 jaw dropped to the ground, like uh, met the mask. He wrestled pretty much all the, the top golden era wrestlers. Everybody from Piper to Tito to Boss Man. I was like, my cousin was a jobber, but he wrestles every one of them. <laughs> like, I was like, what? Yeah. Jake, DiBiase. I was like. He had a good run. He had a good run. He was a jobber, <laughs> but he wrestles every one of them. If there was a jobber Hall of Fame in WWE, he'd sent you. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Just the opportunity so, to share the ring with those guys and pick their minds. I mean. Yeah. It doesn't, if you're losing, who cares? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So to get back to the Miasma series, mm-hmm. uh, what was been your inspiration for the series and how did you come up with the ideas? So the ideas originated on the road where, you know, uh, as I said, you know, I do a lot of traveling. Uh, I don't like to stay still too often. Uh, you know, I again, uh, uh, from from Long Island specifically, uh, for those who are familiar with the area. You are guaranteed to be on a long trip the second you try to leave Long Island because leaving New York City uh, and the metropolitan area is miserable. And so uh, anywhere I go is going to take a long time. So with that, I have a lot of time uh, to myself in my head thinking. And so uh, the way to get ahead in wrestling is to stand out, of course. That's not, I'm not telling anyone anything they don't know, nothing new. Uh, but you have to think outside the box because... You can't. You can stand out by doing things other people are doing, sure. But to really separate yourself, you got to try to do something that no one else is doing. And so, in the process of that, you know, again, character is very important to me. If uh, you know, if the fact that I have a series about my character didn't make that obvious enough, you know, that's it's something that I think uh, a lot of people I don't think put enough emphasis on. Uh, we spoke about the the strength of in ring performance nowadays. Uh, there's a lot of great workers out there. 
the amount of great characters is a shorter list, I think. And that's not even a knock on anyone necessarily. It's just, I, it's my personal observation. I don't think that uh, it, people just, I don't think people focus on that as, as uh, finely as they do their in-ring work. I think both deserve equal amount of time and effort. And so with that in my travels, I think I'm like, all right, what can I do to, to maximize the miasma character uh, and to, you know, do something cool. And so I started thinking about, again, my cinematic influences and whatnot. I'm like, all right, well, what angle do you take with that? Because again, you don't, you don't want to do something that's been done. You know, being the elite, great show, a comedy kind of behind the scenes uh, story like that, been done. And you're not going to do it better than they did. Uh, so it's like, okay, not going to do that. It's like, well, video logs, well, guys like Sammy Guevara and, and, and the like, they've done that. You're not going to do that. Okay, what are you going to do? Uh, and so I pretty much settled on this idea of just a long form drama. So like I, again, as I said before, I can't think of anybody, especially on the independent wrestling scene, having done that in a major way. I mean, people will do a promo here and there like that, where they kind of film it cinematically, but like, you know, uh, Miasma, uh, the series, uh, front to back, uh, all five episodes is, a, I think it's about an hour and 20 minutes or so. It's, it's a feature length film when, when all, all put together. Uh, I can't think of anyone doing that. And again, even on on the on the the higher stages, I can't think of anyone really doing it in that way. Again, I brought up Hardy before, uh, or like again Bray Wyatt's a person that you know has done lots of character work in that capacity. But again, different. Um, so to me, I was like, this is something I can really go with. Uh, and so, started as I started thinking about the story and writing it, I was like, all right. I know Zach Ramsey's. I, I, the, the character of the miasma and the story behind it, I've always had a good control of. Because again, to me, how can I go out there and be that character without having my my ideas kind of lined up? And so I knew, but I was like, let me really flesh this out, put pen to paper, and all the little details. I'm like, well, why, why do I do this, or why do I think this way? Let me put this, map this all out, and kind of see where I can land. And Again, for the last two and a half years, you know, I've been hashtagging like quests of Erebus, stuff like that. And I'm like, I knew Erebus was a god of darkness. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like a cool slogan that like, that's what I'm doing. I'm on the quest of Erebus. I'm like, okay, but what really is that then? And so I really mapped that. I'm like, well, let me map out Erebus. And it's like, well, why am I on this quest? And I create the Grim Guild off of that. And like, oh, well, who makes up the Grim Guild then? And so one thing kind of led to another and it just it expanded. And, you know, I went wild with it uh and you know really wrote out of this whole thing and um again my goal by the end of it was okay a does this all make sense um b is this interesting and then c does this kind of fill in if i go back and watch a zach ramsey's match from may of 2021 does this all kind of add up with kind of how i'm presenting myself then and as i go forward now can i further emphasize what i was doing off of it and so when I checked all those off and, you know, I started bringing in the proper cast and crew and, you know, we, we went hard and assembling a great group of uh, men and women to work on this project. And uh, we really kind of put everything together. I was like, all right, we can do this now. We can do this the right way. And uh, a couple months later, here we are putting it out there. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been a journey, but it's, uh, but again, to me, characters, uh, as far as my favorite wrestlers growing up, that's what sold me. You know, I, when I was a kid, I mean, well, looking back, I know what matches were great, but when I was in fifth grade, did I really know what was a great work rate match or not? No, 
but I knew that the undertaker blew my mind. I knew that I hated edge. I like, I knew all these character things. That's what resonated with me. Did I recognize that, you know, the undertaker Mark Henry unforgiven 2007 wasn't really that great of a match. No, but I knew I loved the undertaker and I hated Mark Henry because he took him out because the undertaker's character in this dark persona. I loved it that I knew. And so to me, that's where I'm sticking. Yeah, it's it's kind of like me and Joe when we try to do our research for podcasts. I'm like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Because we want we do our research on podcasts on on wrestlers, and then like it's just two matches. There's no story. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's okay. not a knock on wrestlers. This is like, but we look at like your stuff, like the web series, and like, okay, now all this makes sense because this the story that you're trying to tell is leading into the matches, which I actually like, and it's like. Yeah. It's like not not just a promo say, I'm gonna beat you up. Yeah, that's the end of it. You know, it's that's like you're tr- you're trying to tell a story through through your web series, and I really appreciate that. And I, that's something I could get behind. And I, I thank you. And, and you know, kind of to that point, again, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't on here to put myself over. So I'll continue to do so. But if you go on my social media and you follow me week to week, there's never a week I have a match where I'm not where I don't post a promo because to me, it's like, to your point, why am I wrestling this match? Why is Zach Ramsey's traveling to New Hampshire? Why is Zach Ramsey's traveling to West Virginia? What's out there that is, that is appealing to this character. So if I don't tell you, how could you possibly care? And so to me, it's like, yeah, I will always cut a promo. And again, sometimes I don't have a lot to go off of and I could just do a, I'm going to beat you because I'm, I'm the man. And, you know, sometimes that's all you got. And okay. But it's like, all right, well, what can I do that maybe I'm not speaking as much to the match if I don't have as much to go off if I don't know the guy, or maybe I don't, maybe the promoter hasn't even announced my match or, or it hasn't picked an opponent for him yet. Well, how can I emphasize my character to even so make this interesting? Because yeah, otherwise it's, it's a match. And you know how many matches there are every weekend in America on independent wrestling? I mean, there's a, there's, Eight jillion matches. Why are you going to come and watch my match? What is it about Zach Ramsey? It's like, oh, you know what? I want to see what he's going to do. Oh, what did he? He said that. I got to follow. Like, that's my job. And if I don't try to create a, an, an aura that's compelling enough for you to come check it out, then I'll go watch anyone else. Or far more easily, I'll just go on YouTube or go on Peacock or go on New Japan World or whatever and watch the the, the top of the top because that I I. I know their stories and I know their characters. Don't make it easy for people. Make people, you know what? I'm going to inconvenience myself and drive 45 minutes or an hour to go see you wrestle because you gave me something. To me, that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally, 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 right? Yeah. And like, it's funny because that we've seen, because we talk to wrestlers in England and it's like, sometimes we see the really good promo skills from what the stuff they send us usually yeah. or like when on youtube and i'm trying to look for a match a wrestler and i'll see their match but when they do the promo it's just like yeah i could have been i could be making popcorn right now that promo wasn't good but the match was great yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. yeah i've watched matches i'm like their match skills are good but they need work on the promo they need to i yeah, guess they go with the promo Keep yeah. them there with the match, but get them yeah. in the door with the promo. That's yeah. wrestling one hundred and one for a hundred years, right? You know that's yeah. 
that's always what we've that's always been you know that's that was what the the, the beauty of television was in, in the in the 70s 80s when you know even on the local circus or even going back to the 50s you know uh yeah that's yeah you had luthes jump on your your tv and say you know come out to you know the maple leaf garden and come see see me defend the world championship it's like oh this guy look at the way he's carrying himself look at that belt look at the you know that's what got people there and then once they got there's like oh boy like this guy's different you know that title means something look at the fight he just put on with buddy rogers and it's like i can't wait to come back next time you keep him there with the match but you gotta give me something to to, to hold on to first yeah yeah exa- exactly it's all to me it's all about the pro it's all about that promo say because i like for example it's not knocking you this is uh I could watch a million other people wrestle, for example. Sure. But what sure. catches me about you is is that promo when you cut that promo, and that's what hooks me. And the web series hooks me even more because I'm like, hmm, this is why Zach is wrestling this guy. Yeah. This is why. You know what I mean? That, that's that's what I, that's to me. I appreciate you saying that, and uh, you know, you know, that's that's my goal. I, I mean, I I still feel that way sometimes when. John Moxley cut a promo yesterday uh, on on Hangman Page that was like, "How do you not want to watch these two fight on Sunday at Revolution after you watch this John Moxley promo?" And again, the match could be horrific, you know. It could, or again, even worst case scenario, you know, you look at their first match last year when Hangman got injured. You know, the match itself didn't even hit its stride because you know things happen, but. I want to see him go because of the way that these two have built this thing with their characters and with, and again, and not to knock Hangman, but especially with John Moxley with his promo work. It's like, how do you not want to see these guys tear each other apart now? I'm like, that's brilliant. That's pro wrestling. That's why John Moxley is one of the best guys going today because he can sell a match unlike anyone else. I, I, I want to say that the whole thing with MJF and, and Brian Danielson, that had me hooked right there with that yeah. promo. Anytime MJF cuts that promo in the ring, man, I'm hooked on everyone's single one of his matches. He's like a young Rowdy Piper. You know what I mean? And how often does MJF wrestle? Never. He really doesn't. For a wrestler that's the world champion, how many matches has he had in the last two and a half years? And it's a credit to him. He doesn't need to. He understands that. And the company trusts that he's going to put asses in seats because of the way he talks. Yeah. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a reason that he's on top of the world right now. It's not because he has to go and put on a slobber docker every week. Could he? Yeah, he's listen, he's a very good wrestler. And again, there's guys like yeah, Brian Danielson who every week are gonna go out there and have a completely different, incredible match, and that's awesome. And Brian Danielson's one of the best in the world, too. But there's multiple ways to skin the cat here, and that's the whole thing where MJF doesn't even need to because he's that good at understanding his character and portraying it. Exactly, it's like because you want to see Brian Danielson just beat his ass at, yeah. at Revolution. That's why he, that's the whole point of him not wrestling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's money. That's money right there. You know? Yeah, yeah, no totally. Mm-hmm. That that it's funny. Like that should be like number one. As I said, some people do the bad promo. That should be number one in training. If I was a trainer, I wouldn't have them do the squats and all the makeup workout the first day. Mm-hmm. I would be tell my me and my training crew say welcome to training blah 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 thank you, and just set up the chairs, have them stand in the ring, give them a microphone, do a promo now. No yeah. no no, now mm-hmm. pretend like you're about to wrestle me tonight in the main event, and I want to feel 
your anger for me. Mm-hmm. Now, give me. Yeah. And if they're not good, next, yeah. not going to kick him out. Not going to fire him. <laughs> I just, I want to, at the end of practice, I'm the type of person that likes to feel the rage through their skin. They're coming out of their skin like you have to eat onions. Yeah. I want to feel, the as you do, I want to feel it. I don't want to see it. Like when I watched Roddy Roddy Piper do his promos, when I was a little boy, show my age, 39, every promo Roddy Roddy Piper did, you you felt everything. Mm-hmm. And you didn't just see it. You saw the saliva too. You yeah. felt it. Right, Geek? And like there was wrestlers yeah. that just like, oh, I'm going to fight you tomorrow and I hope you come with, with, come, come with your gear. What the hell is that? <laughs> like... That- <laughs> Click. I'm not watching Click, that. Uh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll go watch Simpsons or something. Yeah. I think my girlfriend's ever going to the movies tonight. Screw that. The goal is to sell. Like to sell the match. And that's yep. that's and you sell yourself basically. That's why I need that's to it. be a promoter or a trainer. I'll be like, first day, guys. We're not doing squats. We're not doing workouts. On the chairs, get in the rings. Give me a promo. <laughs> yeah, we, we could use more of that all around. That's, that's to me, that's as important. And, and again, you look on television, the, the big money makers in any major promotion, there. That's what they have to do. So, get get after it. Figure out how to how to create a compelling character day one. That's and again, it's not going to happen day one, but start the journey. Just like learning how to take a bump, learn how to cut a promo. Also, I love your gear, by the way, when you come to the ring. So who designed it exactly? Uh, so I have a couple. I have two different pairs of gear that I, I traditionally wear. Um, I created the, the base design of my white ones myself. And then uh, got Dominic DeWinter, uh, he, he actually created the graphics for me. And then uh, uh, Vicky Bell over in uh, Europe, she uh, was my, my seamstress and she put them together. And then my second one, uh, I have a red pair that was actually inspired by uh, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's uh, attire he wore on the uh, 19, I want to say it's 82 live album, Speak of the Devil, uh, right after Randy Rhodes passed, you know, on, on, on the record itself. Actually, do I? I think I have the vinyl over here. I'm gonna go. There we go. <laughs> I'm getting a vinyl. Vinyl, yeah. old school right there, Joe, right? Don't you forget, my dad. I'm all old school here, you know. I'm big vinyl collector in general, but um. So and yeah, I I I waste way too much money on vinyl, and I regret nothing. But you can see it in this picture here. But he's got these like red like chainmail type pants here. I was like, again, to the conversation we've had. Um, how do we make? ourselves stand out in wrestling well don't do whatever the wrestlers doing so i was like instead of trying to make wrestling gear that looks like wrestling gear i'm like let me take something that's not wrestling and try to make something out of it so i was like hey you see this weird aussie chainmail look and i got a bunch of other promo pictures from the like the the promotional uh release of the album i was like let's take this and try to make it look like wrestling tights and that's what they came up with and uh again i think it works and i think it's again Ultimately, I think again it furthers my opportunity to stand out because I'm not looking at what's people what people are wearing out there. I'm looking at what people 
outside of business are wearing because I'm like, let's do something different. And, uh, this is a great live album. It's underrated. Jeez, uh, oh, who's the guitar? Yeah, Brad Gillis. Great job uh, stepping on guitar after Randy died uh, and did some killer cuts of some classic Sabbath on it. But anyway, I digress. So, so what's your favorite Ozzy song, you'd say? It's uh, picking my favorite child. Uh, you know, I'm gonna if I'm going to pick, I'm gonna go with uh, the the dark horse here. I'm gonna say Perry Mason off of 1995's Osmosis. I think it's a just criminally underrated record. Uh, the, the 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 members that he brought together for that record. You know, you got Zach Wild on guitar, you got Geezer Butler on bass. Uh, you got uh, just uh, yeah, uh, Rick Wakeman plays keys on that. Just like it's a who's who. Uh, Randy Castillo on drums, just absolutely mind blowing. Uh, such a different vibe for us. Especially gonna have no more tears, which was one of my all time favorite albums too. Uh, just as you can hear, I can go on and on, but uh, I'm gonna pick that one just to maybe a little different, but also because I do genuinely think it's absolutely brilliant. And um, oh, that, that the keyboard on that. Anyway. Uh, there you go. Fun fact. Yeah. So, so we also, um, you said you're a, uh, like a filmmaker too, right? We've had yeah. actually had Jay George on the podcast and he's also a filmmaker as well. Oh, very cool. Okay. And, yeah. And he, yes. So, I mean, that will be a, another dream match. I mean, obviously it wouldn't match the story, but you know, you as two filmmakers, two filmmakers going at it would be actually that two would tall be guys. Funny. If you think the whole time you're you're actually filming your video and then the video ends with Jay George going and cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he flips around, reverses, and it's really a Jay George like promo. And it's a Jay well, George. That's a great promo building really up the match. I'm uh, listen, someone book it. Someone book it. <laughs> you're watching him from a distance, but it, it's really a turn the camera turns and it goes and and cut. And I, it's I, like I dig that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i see i write so that in my head that's how i got that in my head you yeah. were like standing there watching him do read a read a script and then it just you just it looks like a selfie it just turns and it's just jay george going and cut i dig it i'm all about yeah. it. that's 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 book the match <laughs> right now <laughs> man the promos for that for that will be epic Listen, anyone in the ether out there, if you're watching this, put this together. You know, <laughs> all the media, hit me up. Let's get some dates. Jay George, uh, Zach Ramses, yeah, yeah, Ramses. Ooh, be- have you ever wrestled in like Queens or Brooklyn before? I have, I have. Uh, I haven't wrestled in when was I wrestling Queens? Uh, yeah, this is a problem with having played college football and not being a wrestler uh CTE is uh quite the thing i don't remember when last time wrestling queens was but i have i've wrestled in brooklyn as well it's been a little bit though yeah. there's a there's a promotion actually in staten island they're called the uh, warriors of wrestling i don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of them yeah I, I, I worked for them last july i'm actually going to their show next 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 saturday with my sister oh, very cool never been to one of those shows i'm just going there like this like I, like being geek to VPW that last last July. Dude, 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 dude. What was that? Oh, a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we got some great talent there. Uh, yeah, it's you'll definitely have a good time. I, I can assure you that. I'm very excited. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So so who has been some of your inspirations to become a professional wrestler? Uh again, a long list. Uh, I've mentioned some of them already. I mean, again. 
you can even see I see in my aesthetic, but the Undertaker obviously is someone uh, when I was a kid I gravitated to him. Uh, and Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, uh, as I became more of a, a work rate fan, and I love watching their work, uh, especially in all Japan. Uh, you know, Jericho, someone that I grew up loving his character work, especially 2008 to 2010. Uh, that to me, that was my favorite period watching him. Um, you know, all those dudes, I spoke about Gunther before, like I said, his late 2010s run uh, on the indies, whether it was, you know, OTT, Evolve, uh, Progress, uh, you know, he was everywhere and everywhere he went, he had incredible matches. And I, I just was enthralled watching him and thinking, hey, you know what? I'm a big guy too. I'd like to do what he's doing. So, uh, you know, I got a lot of people that have influenced me. And fortunately, again, there's a uh, beauty of, being a, uh, a pro wrestler now is that you have access to everything in history to go back and watch and learn from. So uh, the influences literally can't end. Yeah. yeah. You, you and Osprey would be a, a hell of a match too. A big guy versus little I, guy match I, right I, there. All about that. But again, like Okada, you, you'd be in pretty hard to have a bad match with Osprey. So Never, I'm no, no. Okay. <laughs> o, Okada, it's like it's very hard to have a bad match with Okada. Very hard. You know? they, have to make really, they have to have a really short referee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I've, 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 I love that dynamic because especially as a heel, I'm just kind of like flick them. It's like, like easy heat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I know. I know he's retired and everything, but who would you have as the referee? Tiger? Or would you have red shoes as the referee? So this is probably an unpopular opinion. But I'm definitely going with Tiger because I I enjoy red shoes a lot, but there's times where I'm like, you're you're taking you're, you're taking too much of the spotlight here. To me, uh, you know, the, the, as a ref, it's walking that line between officiating and being a character. But ultimately, the story is the guys who are in the match. And so there's times where I'm like, eh, he's just a little too much in it. So I'm going with Tiger. Tiger, Tiger, yeah, Tiger's legendary right there. But Red Shoes, old school, even more old school geek. Go after uh, Earl Hefner, or, yeah. or what's his name? The other guy that the, the high, the chubby, high top guy from the nineties, one that passed away last year. The other one, um, there was Hefner, and then there was the other one that was like really, really, was really chubby. He was in all the matches in the cage matches and stuff. I can't think of his name. Oh, wow. Tim White. Tim White. I think, I think it was White. White. Right, I think, I think that sounds right. Yeah, and or the heel referee for the NWO. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Nick Patrick. Have Nick Patrick, but they'd be a swerve. He'd be on your side the whole time. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> you just pay him off. That's it, right? He takes up the shirt and he's wearing a red, wearing a red and black shirt instead of the white. And yeah, <laughs> and the stripes are going <laughs> all comes together your way. He's like, <laughs> what the whole time? And he's like. Then you turn around power well, just like referees are not my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, so my, my final question is, where is some of your dream places you would love to travel for wrestling? Uh, if all my answers have indicated this already, Japan. You know, I've, Japan. I've uh, my my goal getting into wrestling has always been to wrestle in Japan. Uh, but, you know, New Japan has always been my dream destination as far as a company to work for. Uh, that's, that's been the goal from day one, uh, still is, uh, you know, but obviously, you know, whether it be working with a company like Noah or all Japan or DDT or big Japan, I mean, there's so many great promotions over there that I love to work in. Um, but that's, that's certainly number one on the list, but you know, I, I, I referenced my, my admiration of a guy like Chris Jericho who, you know, he cut his teeth in the early nineties, you know, 
going from Canada to the U.S. to Mexico to Germany to the, to, uh, the U.K. to Japan. You know, that's always uh, that's something I've always wanted to do. I want to travel the world as a wrestler and you know experience the different styles and the different the different fans and uh you know that's that's always been the big thing uh and then you know within within the united states you know i've, I've been fortunate to wrestle in 11 or 12 different states uh already and listen let's hit all 50 uh you know i, I know lots of guys love talking about going out to wrestle pro in alaska that'd be awesome uh yeah, yeah there's fortunately Wrestling touches people in every corner of this world, and I'd love to be part of that that outreach uh, in every way I can. My my final question for you is: Where do you see yourself in five to ten years? Uh, ideally, the, the I'd like to be, if not in uh, my my dream location of New Japan, or not at that top level in AEW or WWE, which of course is uh, the the end goal to be at that level. Uh, to again be able to sustainably make a living off of being a pro wrestler, traveling the states, and you know making those overseas jumps. Uh, again, that's that's absolutely where I want I want to and plan on being in the next five years. That's uh, that's uh, that's the, the be all end all. And um, yeah, wrestling. Uh, this even though uh, more and more it seems to be uh, there seems to be evidence to the contrary. There is a clock on your body with pro wrestling. You can't do this forever, uh, and so no time to waste. Make it happen today. Make it happen now. And so uh, that's uh, that, that's definitely the plan. But you know, again, long term, get me get me to New Japan. That's that's you know, in the next five to ten years, if I'm there, I did what I set out to do, and I'm happy. Uh, at that point, then I'll have the goals of wanting to ascend the, the ladder there, and you know, obviously get as high up as I can. That'd be the, the ultimate goal within that. But uh, and then in the meantime, it's just expand, get get as get all over the place, have great matches, continue to expand my character, and. Uh, you know, impact people, make people love wrestling the way I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. And do you have any upcoming shows or? Uh... I will be, uh, you know, it's not uh, open to the fans, but I'll be at the sanctuary tomorrow night uh, in uh, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, or Hazleton. I don't know how you say it, but I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be uh, making my debut next Saturday for Seven Mountains Wrestling and Valor Wrestling in York. Uh, they have like a crossover show there. I'll be there. Uh, I've got a date at the uh, the last week of March that uh, I can't announce yet, but I should be able to announce soon. Uh, and then, uh, you know, from there, April, I'm, I'm book solid all over the place. Every weekend, I'm in a different spot. Uh, and so the fun rolls on. And if you want to be sure exactly where Zach Grimes is, follow me on social media and you can't miss a beat. Because like I said, I will post a promo every week. i got a match. So you'll know where I'm heading, who I'm wrestling, and why you should be there. Yeah. I've heard yeah, of the sanctuary. I heard. Sorry. Hear that, Harley? He's 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 gonna be. In, I'm going to point my cameras up here. He's gonna be in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. I can hear her screaming now. <laughs> <laughs> she lives in the same state. I can hear the screaming. Jeez, so loud. <laughs> yeah, I I've heard of the sanctuary and a lot. I heard a lot, like a lot of good things about that school and that promotion. You know? Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be cool. They yeah. have a very different uh, aesthetic approach to to pro wrestling. You know, like uh. Um, Shelby, Shelby Waters. Waters. Um, oh, you're gonna meet a lot of them. They're really good. A lot of young talent, like that could be in the that, that will be at the top of the indies of Pennsylvania, yeah. the, the tri-state area, in a few years. Like, whoa! <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, let's get to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to so, thank you so much for coming to the podcast, Zach. You know. Oh. Thank you guys again. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to get to speak with you and speak to your fan base here and to be part of uh, 
this final chapter with you guys. So yeah, yes. I, we appreciate it. You want us to do the send off geek? Go, go, go ahead. I'm Joe Penn the third. I'm the metal geek. And we will catch you in the next one.